one other announcement that Robert uh, didn't know about that uh, my wife wanted to make sure that, uh, and my daughter wanted to make sure that you knew. If you have not gotten, uh, gotten a wedding invitation to my daughter's wedding next Saturday, she has some that'll be out in the foyer today, so please get one. We want all the church family to not feel left out in any way that you're invited. We may not have had your address. Some have come back and been mailed a long, long time ago, and some are just lost in the mail. We're not sure what happened with some of them, but if you didn't get an invitation, we're not slighting you in any way. We want you there. Amen? Uh, ask my daughter. She will tell you, okay? Uh, I see her back there today and thinking next Saturday she will be no longer a Jones. I don't like it a bit. She will be a sweeting, and to think that uh, she'll be getting married and moving off to Atlanta and won't get to see her as often, but uh, I'm sure she will stay in touch, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about today, and you know, this week is Master's Week, and we have a lot of people in and out, and uh, the Masters, and so on and so forth, and I ran across this, uh, this joke that uh, really uh, tickled me. It says, there's a Baptist pastor now, okay? He, he decides to play hooky on a Sunday to play golf. I mean, he's playing the best golf of his life when an angel of God asks God, are you going to let this slide? You need to do something. So God says, watch this. And the pastor gets up on the tee, and he he hits a 425-yard tee shot, and the ball goes in the hole for a double eagle. The angel says, why did you reward him? God says, who is he going to tell? <laughs> uh, I got another one for you since this is golf week. Uh, I love golf jokes, and... Uh, I play a lot of golf and love golf, but uh, and believe me, when you're out there, you hear all these jokes. But uh, there was a man, he was addressing, I can identify with this one, okay? Um, <laughs> a man was addressing the ball when an announcement came over the loudspeaker. Will the gentleman on hole number four, hole number one, please not hit the, from the ladies' tee? The man backs away, a little distracted, and then he approaches his ball again. As he does, the same announcement comes over the loudspeaker. Will the gentleman on hole number one please not hit from the ladies' tee? The man's getting irritated now. And after a break, backing away from his shot, approaches his ball one more time, and this time the announcement came, we really need the gentleman on hole number one to move off the ladies' tee box. To which the man turns around and yells, and I really need the announcer to shut up and let me play my second shot. <laughs> I never fit, forget the great adventure of teaching my wife how to play golf. I will never do it again. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> either. <That's right. laughs> Tracy, help me out here. <laughs> uh, 
before I get started my message, let me just say one other thing. Uh, we're in the process of getting your stones put up on the cross, as you see out there. It is still a work in progress. Don't, don't panic yet. Everything's got to be finished, cleaned, and done, and, and it will look great when we finish. Thank Brother Tracy Davis for that. He has been a blessing to help us with that. Amen. <clears throat> I was just thinking about when he said something yesterday, but I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> well, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22. Amen. Matthew 22, verse 36 and following. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. May God bless the reading of his holy and precious word. You know, day and night, researchers delve into the mysteries of our existence the possibility of life on other planets and unconquered diseases, the origin of the solar system, the genetic building blocks of life, and they are the big questions, as we would say. But at the same time, there's some research being done on the little questions of life. How about this one? Where do paper clips go? Now, let me ask you, uh, what's this? H how many young people know what a gym clip is? It's the same thing. I, I remember telling my daughter, I said, honey, get, go get me some gym clips. What in the world's that? I don't know what that is. It's a paper clip. It's a paper clip. Where do paper clips go? That was the, the, the little question that I got. Now watch this. Lloyd's Bank of London, for an example, followed 100,000 paper clips and observed that only about 2,000 were used to hold papers together. The bank said 14,163 others were bent and twisted during telephone conversations. 19,143 were used as chips in a card game. 7,200 clipped together garments. <laughs> 5,434 became toothpicks or ear scratchers. All the women are saying, what? All the guys say, what's wrong with that? <laughs> 5,308 were converted into nail cleaners. 3,916 clean pipes and the rest. About 40,000 fell ingloriously to the floor and were swept away. It is interesting that something so very neatly invented and so useful could be so misused and often at least seemingly just wasted. You know, as I think about this question and, and this in incredible time that they spent doing this, I have to ask the question, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your life? You see, what I find is many people are picking teeth and cleaning ears when God has clearly made us to bring glory to his name by the lives we live. Jim Elliott said this. I put this on the screen for you. He said this. He said, God, I pray thee, let these idle sticks of my life 
and may I burn up for thee. Consume my life, my God, for it is thine. I seek not long life, but a full one like you, Lord Jesus. And this man lived that. He experienced that. You see, we learned last week, in order to, to glorify God, you must fulfill the great commandment. You see, one of the beautiful things is, as we learned last week, that God has a purpose for all of our lives. And our purpose is to bring glory to him. And we found that that meant that we're to bring honor to him, praise to him, uh, pleasure to him. We're to please him with our life. And that's what God created us for, that we would please him. And we shared last week, there was two things that, that were involved in fulfilling that purpose. First is the great commandment. The great commandment is to love God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and everything that's within me. And the second is likened is love your neighbor as yourself. And on this depends the whole law and the prophets. And so it, it's amazing to me as we see this this morning that God is helping us to see. And I'm going to try to examine what this means in this great commandment for us and how we can live this out today. You see, glorifying God is to know him more intimately. You see, this is the, the beauty of what, what it means to glorify him. God, uh, glorifying God does not consist of a lot of do's and don'ts, nor does the Bible instruct you to live out the mechanical routine of a religion. You see, a relationship best describes uh, Christianity better than any other word. As a matter of fact, a love relationship. That's what God desires to have. You see, to glorify God, all you need to do is to love him. You see, Jesus reduced the whole of Christianity down to three verses. Now, that's amazing to me. And we make our lives so complicated, do we not? If you want to enhance your love relationship with God, I would meditate on these verses in Matthew 22, verse 36 through uh, 39, and memorize them as your first step toward growing closer to him in your relationship. You see, to grow in your love relationship with anyone, what's the first requirement? You must spend time getting to know one another. The, see, the same is true in our relationship with God. You see, your love for God depends on how intimately you know him. And so here's the question for us all. How close, how intimate do we know God? You see, if, you, if your knowledge of him is superficial, your love for him will be superficial. If your knowledge of God is real and personal, your love will be the same. If you think about it, what on earth could be better than knowing God intimately? Now, the Apostle Paul, this was the, the number one value of his life. I ask you this morning, what is the number one value of your life? I'll tell you what it is by the time you give it. It's just a fact of life. Listen to the Apostle Paul. This was his passion, and, and, and I want you to see this. He, he said this in Philippians chapter um, 3, verse 7 and 8. He says, but whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. What were those things? He, he was dealing with his reputation as a religious leader. 
His routine of religion that he had and his religious achievements that he had accomplished in his life. And he's saying, those things were gained to me. Those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Now watch this. He doesn't stop there because the next verse he says, more than that, I count all things to be lost in view of what? The surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ. You see, the passion of his life that he, the word knowing there means is gnosis. It means this, is that he had an intimate knowledge of Christ. The value, the surpassing value of his life above everything else, achievements, reputation, or any other religious thing in his life, or any other thing the world may add to you in your life was nothing. He says it's like a human dung in comparison to knowing Jesus. Christ because he realized that that was what life consumed of because he is the creator he is the Savior he is the Lord and getting to know him I'm learning about my eternity because forever and ever I am gonna be with him I am gonna worship him I'm gonna adore him I'm gonna reign with him I'm gonna work with him I'm gonna witness for him because that's who he is The great commandment is about loving God. So what does it mean to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. Just keep going to the right in your Bible. In Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 10. I want to look at a story that you're familiar with if you've been in the church any time. It's about the story of Mary and Martha. It says in, in, in Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 38, Luke 10 verse 38 says, Now as they were traveling along, this is Jesus and his disciples, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken from her. Now, what was Martha doing? Martha, man, she was frantically putting together a meal of all meals. She was really serving. I mean, she was hard at it, buddy. I mean, she'd given her all. And man, she just laying it all out there. What was Mary doing? She was doing the same thing. She was giving her all. She was putting it all out there. She was at the feet of Jesus listening to his word. Now, why did Martha complain? Lord, you know, my sister over here, she ought to be back here helping me some more. I don't understand why you're letting her get away with this. 
tell her. Now, I know that, watch this, the implication, listen to this verse. I love this. It, it cracks me up. It says, he says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? And then she says, of course you're going to say yes. And he, she says, then tell her to help me. Now, Jesus didn't say that. Jesus didn't agree with her. What did he do? He answered her and told her, Martha, you have been distracted with all your preparations. She was mad because she was working hard, and here her sister was sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to him. Now, all of you that are Martha's out here, that drives you crazy. Because the whole motto and the thinking of your life, we've got work to do, baby. we got to get this work done. We don't have time to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to his word. There's too many responsibilities. There's too much that needs to be done. By God, we got to get this done. But Jesus said, Mary has chosen the good part. And all the Martha's right there saying, <clears throat> I don't think he's right there. <laughs> what does he think this is? We're just going to sit at his feet all the time? Nothing's going to get done this way. What's this. Let me ask you, which woman's behavior best describes your daily behavior? Unfortunately, Many Christians resemble Martha more than Mary. Their daily responsibilities distract them so much that they go through an entire day without even thinking about Jesus. And this is the issue here. You see, the most important part of the Christian life, don't miss this, if you don't get anything else out of this message, get this. The most important part of the Christian life is the part that only God sees. These responsibilities may be even spiritual responsibilities. Sometimes a Martha can be so preoccupied that she thinks more about her routine for Jesus than her relationship with Jesus. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes a Martha can be so preoccupied that she thinks more about the routine for Jesus than her relationship with Jesus. It reminds me of the story that's like the wife who told her husband that she wished that they could have more time together. And the surprised husband answered he had been home with her every night that week. To which the wife responded and replied this way, Yes, you've been home physically, but mentally you've been checked out. And that's how many of us are in our relationship with God. Oh, you may be here physically, but mentally you're thousands of miles away. You see, fellowship with the Lord, like in any intimate relationship, 
is what is most important in life. It is the priority which cannot be displaced by any other responsibility, regardless of what it is. Now, I want you to hear this. Even as a pastor, I, I am studying God's Word and spending time with God, and, and, and I enjoy doing that. I love it with everything I've got. But I want you to know this, that just spending time and getting together and trying to figure out a message to give to His people, you see, that can be a thing that I miss God. That I could be using God. And God has convicted me many times that, you know, here I am, God, I gotta have something. And God says, Oh, I just want you to sit at me and, and just, just worship me. I just want you to love me right now. And you think, wow. You see, we can be so busy, but not be blessed. And, and I can tell you the deception of the enemy. He thinks. He, he whispers to you, if you just stay real busy, stay real busy, that means God's going to really bless you. Because even in America, busyness is put up here on the top shelf. You're really somebody if you're busy. But let me ask you, God says, here's the first commandment, to love me, to love me with everything that you have. You know what I find? Mary, a Bethany, this Mary that's in the Bible here, you know, there's many Marys in the Bible, but this Mary, this Mary of Bethany, I look back. Every time her name is mentioned, watch this. Three times in the gospel, each time she is mentioned, she's at the same place. She's at the same place. In, John, in Luke chapter 30, uh, 10, verse 39, we see, where is, where is she at? She's sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his word. In John chapter 11, verse 32, Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him, fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. In John chapter 12, verse 3, Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume, a pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. You see, she learned something. And by the way, you're going to find later on in this passage, in, in the passage of uh, John chapter 12, that, that Martha got it later on as well. You see, the Christian life is both working and worshiping. Don't miss it. Listen, I'm not casting stones at the Martha, but I'm helping you to see there is a better part. And that is that God must be the priority. God must be worshiped before the work happens. And you see, this is what's happening. We do our work, and we think our work is what is going to bring worship. No, 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 no. You've got to worship, and then God will produce the work through you. You see, God is looking for worshipers. You know what's amazing? God says, I'm seeking something. What's he seeking? You find he's seeking for what? True worshipers, those who worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what he's after. I ran across this song that we'll play one day, and it just summarizes what Mary understood and what I want us to understand. Song is titled, Just to Be With You. Lord, my life is an empty cup. Here's my heart. Would you fill me up? 
I'm face to the ground, forsaking my pride, leaving my will, my burdens behind. All I want, all I need is just to be with you, just to be with you. Here I am at your feet, just to be with you, just to be with you. I have come to the end of me, and there's nothing I have to bring. But you said I belong. You say I am yours. Nothing compares to knowing you more. All I want, all I need is just to be with you, just to be with you. Here I am at your feet just to be with you, just to be with you. Paul Balach wrote that song and sang it, and I'm telling you, it just does something to my spirit because I realize that many times we, we are so busy trying to figure out this thing and that thing and how we're going to do this, how we're going to do that, and God is saying, oh, I just want you to do this. Just, just sit, just, just sit, just sit and just meditate upon me, meditate upon me. And you see, everything within our world system is going to help you be sure that you don't do that. Because isn't this the number one reason why we say we don't do the things we know we're supposed to do is what? I don't have time. Doctor told me the other day, he says, Alvin, you're either going to make time or God will make time for you. I hope that you're listening. And I said, Doc, why did I come here? <laughs> you see, I realize in life that God is, he keeps speaking to us. He keeps telling us over and over, it's not about your performance. It's not about your performance. Hear me this, this morning. It is not about, it's about your love for him. It's about your love for him. Yes, you are going to perform. You're going to do acts of service. You're going to do those things. But listen, if we are not daily worshiping him, our work is a work of the flesh, and it will not be blessed. You see, to experience fellowship with God, you must give him your life. And one of the great ways of practicing this is to give him your attention. Not just on Sunday mornings, but every day. That's what really the verse is about. You, when I love somebody, you know what I do? I give them attention. My grandbaby, watch this. She, when, you know what she, she wants love? She may be watching something, and she'll notice that I'm not in a room, or her dad's not in a room, or grandma's not in a room, or... Rachel's not in the room, and guess what she does? I want your attention. <coughs> I want you to show me you love me. Why? How? By time. You see, what love is, is being focused in your attention. Now, I've, hopefully, everybody... I made a bookmark for us. I'm going to take this one, Willie. You'll have to get you one in just a second, okay? Everybody got a bookmark? If you didn't get a bookmark, raise your hand. We'll get you one. 
this door back there? Robert, how about... I've given you this bookmark because it's something you can always carry with you, okay? And, and the book t bookmark's uh, titled, How to Focus Your Attention. And as your pastor does, I just did an acrostic of the word attention. And so that we can help to, to really solidify this in our life, okay? The word attention, the A stands for anticipate, this is what I want you to get. You see, I, I believe this with, with all my heart that we miss this many times. We don't go through life expecting something good. We anticipate what? The worst. We're thinking, oh, what is going to happen today? I'm sure. You see, the idea of anticipate is to expect to experience fellowship with Christ throughout the day. In, in Psalms 42, it says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. See, that's what he, he anticipated. He anticipated fellowshipping with his God, with Jesus, his Lord. The, the T there is thanks. Now, this is a way that we can love God. And it's a simple, practical way that I'm giving you. Many of you probably are doing this already and don't even realize you're doing it. Thanks. When something good happens to you today, whisper your appreciation to the Lord. I can tell you, I go through life doing this. I'm in a situation I don't have a clue what to do. And God all of a sudden opens my eyes to help me to see. At that point in time, right when I need it. And you know what I do? God, thank you. I know your presence is here, and you just reveal that to me. You just give that to me. Thank you. How many times you, you've been on a job, and you can't figure out for the life of you why this thing is not working? And then God shows up. And he gives you the wisdom. He gives you insight. Or somebody comes along and, and says, hey, I've, I've experienced that before. This is what I learned. And all of a sudden, wow, that was God. And that's an opportunity for you to just to whisper, thank you, God. I appreciate that. You see, Psalms 100 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. The next T is talk. If you're not careful, this is what I've done before. Rather than just think about your problems, your questions, your choices, your responsibilities, talk to God about them. You, you see what's happening? You're sharing with a person that has a relationship with you. That, listen, that his total focus of your life is to bless you and to give you good. That's what he wants to do. And he's saying, and that's, you know, for me, if you're not careful, you can just think about your problems. You can think about your responsibility. You can think about these choices, and it will drive you crazy because there's no answers there. But when I began to just talk to God about my problems, my responsibilities, my choices, and all those things in my life, you know what's amazing thing is he showed up. And this is what the psalmist found. I love the Lord. Watch this. Why? Because he hears my voice and my supplication. Because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I shall call upon him as long as I shall live. Talk to him. Think about this. If you're going to become intimate with somebody, I promise you, there's two things required, or three. You've you got to take the time. But the second, you've got to listen, right? you got to listen. 
But if you just never talk, you're not going to get to know anybody. Amen? You're just not. See, I can say, hey, I, I want to know him, but listen, if you don't talk, I can't know your heart. I can try to read your mind. That's not good. And we got a lot of folks trying to read people's minds. <laughs> That's a dead-end street, trust me. The E in attention is enjoy. You do not have to say or do anything when you focus your attention on Jesus. Sometimes you will want to just enjoy him. You know, I learned this from my wife and her baby boy. You know, Lee has a tendency to not say a lot of words. He's thinking a lot. And him and my wife, they get up in the morning, not say too many words. I don't get it. Because me and Rachel didn't get that. And yet, she loves it because she enjoys just being with him. And it was a way in which they could just enjoy their rest. Because why? Over many, many years, they've gotten to know each other. And they know each other intimately. Psalm 16 says, Thou wilt make known to me the path of life. Now watch this. In thy presence is fullness of joy. In thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. That's it. Enjoy his presence through the day. Think about that. The God who created the heavens and the earth is in you and with you. And he's just there to be enjoyed. Just to enjoy him. Now, the, the next letter is N for notice. This is a biggie to me. Look for God at work in the people and events around you. One of the principles that you learn, and Tracy mentioned this a little bit uh, in that study he's talking about, God is always at work around you. Do you realize that? When you go to work in that heathen place, you're thinking, God ain't here. D listen, there's not a place God's not. There's not. He's there. And watch this. He can still speak to a jackass if he has to. He's, he's still doing it today. Look at your pastor. I mean, it's still there. See, God can speak to anybody and through anybody. He is always at work around us. And he wants you to be of understanding that he's in control, not those people and not the events of life. He's in control of all of that. And he wants you to, to, to begin to notice. The psalm says this, the heavens are declaring the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. When you look at the heavens and the earth that God's created, it's speaking. Notice what God is saying. He is a beautiful creator. He is an awesome God. And he is able to help you no matter what you're going through in your life. He knows where you are. And then the other T is think. Think about God and his word during the day. Think about God and his word during the day. You ought to have a verse that you leave home with. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Is that your delight? Think about it. What's the real delight of your life? What brings you the greatest delight? You see, the psalmist said, it's his word. 
It was his word that gave him such great delight. And think about it. As you go through, the, you go through life, life happens. And if you don't have something to hold on to, you don't have something to hold on to when something hits you. Because it's going to hit you. Amen? You see, one of the things, that even in writing my, my, my daughter's uh, uh, wedding ceremony, is one of the things I put in there. It says, you are going to face blessings and burdens in life. Write it down. It's going to happen. Y'all will face blessings and you'll have burdens in your life. But be of good cheer. God is there with you. And God will carry you through no matter what. He will show you how to handle the blessings of life. He'll show you how to handle the burdens of life. Because that's who he is. He's a God of relationships. The I here in attention is imagine. I want you to think about this. Imagine. Sometimes it helps to imagine that the Lord is physically beside you. You just, you just need to imagine that. Okay? This is what the psalmist said. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast taken hold of my right hand. What is he saying? I, I, I imagine him right here beside me. Physically, right here with me. I can't see him, but I know he is. Because that's what the word tells us. Another way that we can focus our attention, and so focus our attention, we can express our love to him. The O in attention is open. As often as possible, hear me, open your mouth through the day and sing songs of praise. You know, the reason why we sing some of the songs we sing, because the, the goal is that these songs, which are messages from God's word, would get into your mind and your heart, and they would come out of your mouth during the week. Have you found yourself during the week singing a song that we sang this week? Yeah, that's intentional. We want that because that's another way of getting the word in you. And the way to get the word out of you, once it gets in you, is to open your mouth and sing praises to God. And there's nothing like it. Working on this building here, it's amazing to me. I, I just was singing songs, and a lot of the guys were thinking, I wish you wouldn't sing, but I could care less. I didn't, I, I forgot about everybody because all I was thinking about was my Lord. And they were thinking, I wish you would have thought about us. But for all of us, we ought to have songs in, our, in your iTunes, in your, in your phone, that, listen, that give you great encouragement that you can sing. Amen? I mean, it just, nothing like, nothing brings more enjoyment to God than when we're singing his praises. That's what it's all about. <clears throat> In Psalm 138, it says, As they will sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of God. Amen? And the last letter in the word attention is need. N is need. <clears throat> Long for the Lord's company. I'll say that again. Long for the Lord's company. Be satisfied with nothing short of fellowship with him. You know, there's not a day goes by that I've got to spend time with my wife. You know, the older we get, 
the more I want that. It's not less. It's more. And it made sense to me why I was feeling that way. Because it was somebody that I loved. And I love with everything I've got. My heart, my mind, and my soul, everything I've got. My whole affections, my whole attention, my whole abilities are all focused on how I can express love to my wife. That's why during the day, I will text her out of the blue and say simply this, Honey, I love you. That's it. You know why? Because she's a red-hot woman. I love my wife. I'm crazy about that woman. I'll tell you that now. Now watch this. God has shown me in the Apostle Paul's life, that's how he thought of his Lord and Savior. Here he is saying, I, I hadn't, hadn't got it all yet. Hadn't figured all this out. But one thing I know, Knowing, loving my Christ is my life. That is more important to me than anything else. I want to know him. Paul, if anybody knew him, I think you do know him. Uh, I want to know him more. That's how it is with my wife. I want to know her more. And she hopefully wants to know me more. Amen, honey? Wasn't as vocal as she did on that first time. <laughs> the psalmist said this, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And besides thee, I desire nothing on earth. You see, that's where God's bringing us all to. Whether the desire of your heart is that you would want him more than anything else. You won't believe this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. There was a time in my life that I was at that place in my life. I never thought that I was going to, my wife and I, at that time especially, were never going to get back together. And you know what happened? God put in me such a hunger and a thirst to know him that I got to the place where I didn't know if I'd ever be with a woman again. Now, I'm not crazy. Now, the pastor ain't going crazy. Now, just listen to me. I so fell in love with him that I realized I didn't need nobody else because nobody else could fulfill all my needs but him. Now, God uses people in my life, and she uses, he uses my wife, and, and vice versa to this day. But I can tell you, I'll never forget that God, I've never seen and experienced anything like this. It's the most incredible relationship I've ever had in my life. And that's what he offers to all of us. What's the desire of your heart? Is it to really know him? And if it is to really know him, then you're going to show that you know him 
by your love you give him. You really love him? If you love him, show it. Make this week a priority. Let this bookmark that I've written up, given it to you for that very purpose, that this week that you just look at that and focus on that and let God speak to your heart. He'll meet your needs. He knows where you are. He knows the longing of your heart. And he's going to meet all those needs. But he's waiting for you to worship him. The delight and desire of his heart is that you love him. The biggest mistake young Christians make, let me tell you what it is. They start out being busy doing, doing this and doing that. And they, this is what, everybody tells them, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. You need to. And I always tell young Christians, I said, this is what I want you to do. For the first six weeks of your life, all I want you to do is focus on getting to know and love your God. That's all I want you to do. That's all I want you to do. I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to get focused on knowing and loving him. The doings don't come. I'm not worried about that. But listen, if we don't build the right foundation, the house is going to crumble. And this is what happens to so many young Christians. They get excited. They come in. And all of a sudden, instead of meditating upon the word, they begin to think, hey, uh, a crisis comes their way. And they don't understand that, hey, a crisis is going to come your way. Because that's a test of your faith. And God's going to allow that so he can grow you up. But it's about a relationship. It's a love relationship. It's not, oh, this didn't work. No, it's not it didn't work. It's he is the one who works. It's a relationship. And don't lose sight of that. So this morning, I just ask you, what's the desire of your heart? Guys, y'all come on up. Is a desire to worship him, to love him with everything you got. I pray that you'll leave here today and something in this message that, that you'll realize, you know, I've gotten my life out of order. Maybe I've been like Martha. I've been so distracted. The word distracted means worried and anxious and going hither and to. I got to do, do this. I got to do this. You know, and, and that's what she was. And Mary was sitting over there. Oh, Lord, this is so good. Oh, Lord. You see, God's asking you to come to the altar and let him meet your needs. He loves you. He's crazy about you. And he wants that love relationship more than anything else. He's not out after you. Listen, when he creates you, he creates you to be loved and to love. That's why he created you. So experience that love today. Let's all stand. Father, in Jesus' glorious name, may the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of love, touch hearts and lives here today. Let this invitation just stir us into a fresh and a different way of thinking, a different way of feeling, a different way of focusing. May we give you our full attention right now, God to be about loving you and just worshiping you. As these guys lead us in a song to worship, let us just lose ourselves in you here this morning. Help us, Father. If there's one here today that does not have a relationship with you, let this be the day that it begin a brand new relationship with you. 
Have your way, God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. some more bookmarks for you out in the foyer. Take some and give them to your friends. Just an opportunity.